0: Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. It's Colefield & Company. Oh, no. Second later, she stay in the mix. All right, here we go.
1: Silver Sevens, uh day and a half before 2022. Looking forward to the soundtrack of Ari to close out 2021. Strong start, Ari. Here we go, Silver Sevens. We got college football going on right now. We got more coming up in town with the Las Vegas Bowl as Wisconsin ugh, against Arizona State. Slightly above. Ugh. That game's going down at 7.30. Tell you about the game, the uh, the ticket situation in just a couple minutes. we got some Raiders updates. Adam Hill is in later on to give us further info on the COVID list on both sides. Very key, going right up to the wire with a bunch of players on the Raiders as they go into Indy in a game that the Raiders have to win. The Colts win it. They clinch a playoff berth. Silver Sevens. Happy hour has begun. By the way, all of our Thursday shows from uh, here forward are now 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock. The two o'clock start was made necessary by uh, Thursday Night Football, but TNF is done around the National Football League. So happy hour has begun. 277 on many of the drinks at the two bars here, Bud Light Lounge, and the silver and gold.
0: It's trending at three, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877 700 Nova. All right, on the bowl game front, do it with me.
1: SEC, SEC, right? They got to win! They got to win! Uh, The Southeast Conference where it just matters more. Uh, Finally got a win this morning, and this was a motivation spot. I'm not going to say clearly, but North Carolina didn't appear to be ready to play. Kind of a rivalry spot, sort of a rivalry spot. They're not in the same conference, but USC against UNC, South Carolina against North Carolina, and South Carolina wins it. They got out to a quick start, and then I know Ari agrees with me on this one. Of all the condiments... There's nothing better than having a giant jug of gloppy mayonnaise dumped on your head like Shane Beamer got, and he said uh, it was everything he expected. Oh, it, I've got no words. This is just, no. You wouldn't let someone dump mayo on any plate that you've got near you, let alone on your uh, finely quaffed head with that small ball <laughs> spot on the back. That's right. Shout out to Raphael. Uh, the... Okay, if I'm winning a playoff college playoff game, yes, I'll do it all. I'm not one of those people, and and I hate Mayo, so yes, I'll take it. I just I just don't understand it. This is this is just like my nightmare. Like sponsored by sponsored by Mayo Company, so you know, use the Mayo. It's kind of creative. We saw what the potato bowl there were fries dumped all over the coach, so you know, let's keep doing it. Yeah, I want I want that. That's more my speed. Oh yeah, no (laughs) doubt. It's got to be some sort of a gravy sponsor at some point. Uh, A big bucket of gravy would be just delicious. Turkey gravy, maybe a little sausage gravy, a little brown gravy. Las Vegas Bowl is coming up at 730. Um, Before that, we've got uh, whatever game it is, what, the Peach Bowl. I don't know the names of the bowl games. outside of our own. Uh, That has Michigan State going at it in a little over an hour against Pittsburgh. I will gloat before I finally lose one of these games. So I kept telling everyone, including our gambling insiders, back on December 5th, Around the time the lines came out for college bowl games, I'm like, screw it. We got opt outs. We got transfer portal. We've got coaching carousel changes on the way. So I did my best, made my best effort to guess at where lines would go and how teams would fare, you know, say 15, 20 days later. So let's see. So far, I, I do have Michigan State tonight. That is my. Uh, I think my fifth of six bets that I made back on December 5th, Michigan State tonight against Pittsburgh, is laying three and a half. They were getting three and a half back on December 5th, so I've got that one. Uh, Let's see. San Diego – ooh, yeah, San Diego State. Bet that plus two back on December 5th. That was a winner. Western Michigan plus six and a half against Reno. I didn't know Jay Norvell was going to leave Reno. Got a little lucky. Uh – could almost guarantee that Carson Strong wasn't going to play. Works out. Western Michigan by game time was laying seven and a half after, uh, on December 5th, getting six and a half, 152 to half, 152-24. Oklahoma last night laying seven. Back on December 5th, We're laying four. They won eh, pretty much going away. Got out to a big start against Oregon. Oregon came back a little bit but couldn't close the gap, so Oklahoma minus four. And like I said, the last two that I bet on December 5th, Michigan State, plus three and a half. Now minus three-and-a-half, and and then uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. We'll see what happens in that one against Oklahoma State on January 1st. So we've got the Las Vegas Bowl going down tonight, two eight-and-four teams. Both actually closed okay. I got to see Arizona State up close. I thought they were good, not great. I would say I'd have to look back at the whole schedule now. Maybe the third or fourth best team that UNLV played. Um, Iowa State, I thought was the best, and we saw what happened to Iowa State last night. You know, interesting matchup against Clemson. Iowa State didn't have the season they expected to have, so that turned into the season turned into kind of a mess and closed out in a, a way uh, they did not want to. But uh, Arizona State, solid, but they're down their top running back, their second or third running back. So a lot on the shoulders of Jaden Daniels, and I'll tell you the guy to watch. And we'll get into more of the personnel in the game. Again, at 7:30 over at the Owl right now. Get in tickets for upstairs as low as 21 bucks. So, if you got time, there was a little bit of a crowd building around the stadium. What's that when I drove by about 45 minutes ago, five hours before the game? But if you got a chance, if you have not been to the stadium, it's going to be a good crowd, and the get in prices are pretty affordable. I'll check what it is downstairs and relay that to you in a little bit, but you can check it yourself on the, the secondary market. Um, should be a good game. The guy to watch. And I actually think this guy has a chance because of the Wisconsin system, and you know they always have a good offensive line. Their running back, Braylon Allen, unless something weird happens, he's going to be there for a couple of years. He's 17 years old. He was not slated to be the guy, but he wound up being the guy. Seven straight 100-yard games, 1,013 yards, 11 touchdowns. He is going to be the next great Wisconsin running back which, you know, thank God he's not from my home state, New Jersey, because that drives me freaking nuts. Johnny Taylor was the uh, most recent one. But Braylon Allen is 6'2", 238 pounds. Uh, most shockingly, he's 17. He's 6'2", 238, he's 17. He actually turns 18 years old, so a very young freshman. He turns 18 years old on January 21st, so he's still just 17 Years old. All right, we'll set you up for the rest of the weekend in just a couple of minutes. As, uh, we're going to talk to Michael Felder here in a, a matter of seconds. Some uh, updates from the NFL, news in National Football League for all 17, uh, all week 17 games is going to have a moment of silence for John Madden. They don't have to rush something permanent in there, but we'll discuss again, like we did yesterday, uh, John Madden at length. But also, the NFL does need to have something for John Madden that is a permanent fixture to honor what he did not only as a coach, probably most importantly as an announcer and a voice of the National Football League. As Roger Goodell said, he really was the NFL for a good you know, portion of, what, 50 years. So hopefully the NFL is kind of brainstorming what they're going to do for John Madden. The other thing we'll get into later on, I got to see All Madden. I know Adam Hill got to see All Madden, the documentary. Man, it was awesome. And the end, it was like, what, what a freaking moment. A uh, great documentary, so if you get a chance to check that out, I think it's on FS1. Um, it's also on ESPN+. Plus. I think it's on Peacock, but really good. They did it really well. And the way they did it, like you're thinking the whole time, like, thank God they did it this way. Around the National Football League, a couple of injury updates. I don't know what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. Sounds like he looked like hell yesterday. He didn't practice today. Now, why do we care? Well, we care in Vegas because, well, we want to bet games, right? Uh, we care in Vegas because the Ravens are in that mix in that middle portion of the AFC, with everyone squished together for the last couple of spots, from eight and seven down to seven and eight. In the middle of that, the Steelers at seven, seven and one. Well, Lamar Jackson didn't practice today. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, right now, he uh, check that the Ravens are getting four and a half against the Rams, and you know we'll see what's going on with Huntley, who had a miss last week's game. Because of COVID, and the other thing to keep an eye on, we started, you know, hitting on this in the middle of the season and even before the season. Russell Wilson, and just yesterday we heard reports that oh, Pete Carroll's there to stay. The owner doesn't want to make changes. They're not ready to rebuild. All right, well, Russell Wilson talking about the Detroit game today. Wilson said, as uh, you know, talking about the Seahawks sitting at five and ten home finale, he goes, "Quote: I know for me." Um, I hope it's not my last game in Seattle, but at the same time, I know it won't be my last game in the NFL. All right, ding, ding. We'll see what the offseason plans include. If the Raiders are going to be looking for a quarterback, if we know the Broncos are going to be looking for a quarterback, the Giants, I don't know why the hell he would go to the Giants without a GM, and that is one of the worst organizations all football. But keep an eye on this. Over the next couple of days, maybe we get more definitive news that Russell Wilson is on his way out. We'll turn our attention back to college football. We'll go back and get into some of the cancellations, the uh, the war now of words between North Carolina State and UCLA, and Michael Felder will also help us break down the Final Four. It's tomorrow, Alabama, Cincinnati. We got Georgia and Michigan. Can't
0: wait. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer, 877-700-NOVA. Now, back to Cofield and Company. Purdy's pass
1: batted in the air. Purdy bats it forward, and it's intercepted by Dundrich. Inside
0: the 10, Dunrich into the end zone. Touchdown.
1: You hear Clemson with the victory in the bowl game against Iowa State. We're live here at Silver Sevens. time to check in with our college football insider from Stadium. You can find him on Twitter, at InTheBleachers. But before we get to any of this stuff on the field, I just saw you engaged in a long Twitter conversation about bath and body works and the fanciness of
0: it all.
2: Yeah. um, I don't know. I didn't realize that people thought that bath and body works was like nice or expensive. (laughs) (laughs) It's like what I got my middle school girlfriend and they used to have like two for tens. And I guess now they have like $25 candles, but like it's still it's $25 like Moe a lawn mow two <laughs> lawns you got the candle <laughs> this all
1: came from a story that what someone went in there and got like 1300 dollars worth of items in a, a robbery attempt
2: which was amazing like i i literally <laughs> am thinking like how much stuff does you have to stuff into her pockets to get that much money because i i can't imagine i can't imagine how many candles and body oils and body lotion and soaps you have to get to do that yeah
1: well let's talk about the crime of the century in college football how dare UCLA pull out of a bowl game at the last minute? I've uh, man, I've been watching the way this thing has unfolded. The lack of maturity from leadership uh, onto the kids has been embarrassing.
2: Yeah, it's it's frustrating um, on a number of levels, right? especially as someone from North Carolina who does care about North Carolina State football. Like it's frustrating for them because they had a chance to win ten games this year. It's frustrating that they they took extra steps to make sure that they were secured. And then it's also frustrating that even the kids at UCLA didn't realize they weren't going to play until, you know, what, four, was it four and a half, five hours before the game? Yep. Like they thought they were going to play a football game and then they did everything they were supposed to do to play a football game. And they were like, no, not happening anymore. So, and then obviously it's been interesting to see sort of the financial repercussions of all of this with respect to the bowl games and how things work out and, 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 they're just like, we're not paying you the money if you're not playing because we are losing already with people not being able to, you know, we have to do ticket refunds and all this stuff. So it's layers upon layers. And UCLA, obviously, is a team that's like they're a program that is going to have to figure it out. And it's this is this is certainly not the way they wanted to end this season.
1: Yeah, I don't have a right answer on this one because uh, I didn't like what Dave Doran said. I thought it was kind of childish, and I thought it set a bad example for the kids, and then the kids are on Twitter, you know, accusing UCLA of not wanting to play, and then Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who's actually a Vegas guy, he goes up on Twitter, and he's like, bruh, uh, we didn't get to vote on this, so stop lying. Um, And then there's the other side. Like, I I don't want to say, hey, UCLA did something wrong here because I don't know how serious the COVID cases are, but we also know that Chip Kelly's reputation kind of sucks, so I don't really trust Chip.
2: Yeah, it there again. Like we said, layers on top of layers, and and as DTR mentioned, it was like we didn't vote to not play, and we would have one hundred percent wanted to play. You guys, people above us, above our pay grade, have decided that we're not going to get to play, and as you throw in the Chip Carry, the Chip Kelly variable, and it's all <laughs> just like, what do you like? Not not even a concept of who do you believe. It's just. Like, what are you going to do? Because there's nothing. It can't. You can't take it back. It's not like they can pick up and play tomorrow. So, it's done. It's over. Like, let's let's. We've got to move on.
1: I love when football coaches don't see the hypocrisy that they're spouting in a system they've created, an environment they've created, like the transfer portal, right? the you know, coaches bitch about yes. the transfer portal, but like you, you're the guys who are pushing guys out of programs, and you're the ones who jump from program to program. The kids should be allowed to do that. And when I saw Doran going off on UCLA, like they should have told us. Wait a second. Every week around college football injuries are the biggest secret going. Jim Harbaugh wouldn't give out details about his defensive back. Is he there? Is he not? This is the system you guys have created. You're telling me NC State and Dave Doran, they would have told UCLA we're having COVID issues? Seriously?
2: No, no. And it's 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 really bad. I don't know if you use college press box like I do, but like it's one of those things where like there are multiple teams across the country that just refuse to even post depth charts. Yep. Or, yep. or, yep. or they post the same depth chart from August in December when those guys have been out for weeks. And so it's just, they don't tell anybody anything. And that's the whole, like the whole goal is insulate, 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 insulate themselves from any criticism or question, criticism or questions. And then when something rains down, Hopefully, you'll only have to deal with it for the day and then you're done.
1: Right. How about this one? Uh, If, you know, I saw Maryland, I think, was the first school to officially really partner up with a sports book. If a sports book goes to a conference, you know, we'll say ACC, right? $500 million a year. But for men's basketball and football, you got to post injury reports.
2: What does a conference do? A lot of money. A lot of money. A lot of money. (laughs) <laughs> the ACC, it's, see, it's interesting because the ACC is one of the few that has like had the discussion of injury reports already. All right. Because All right. they had um, Tom O'Brien and a couple other coaches that were like, "We need to, we should know." Like guys who had spent some time in the NFL, they're like, "We should know, you know, who's we should know how to prepare." I do. I just think it's. I don't know. I mean, there is, and I've said this plenty of times. I've said it on this show. I've said it on other shows. I've said it plenty of times. There is a paranoia that governs college football in a way that doesn't exist in other collegiate sports. And I think it's because you only get 12 chances, right? And right. you just only get 11 and then before 10 and then before that 9. You, you don't get a lot of chances to play. And so everything that you can hide, you want to hide. And you don't want somebody to know a thing about you. So I think, yes, they take the money, but I also think that they'll just lie. Right. and <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're the ACC does have relative mandatory um, injury reports, but I mean, we've seen what, 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 Randy Shannon and, 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 and Bronco Mendenhall and, and other, we've seen them all go with out leg and no, in (laughs) no actual reporting of what the injury is. Torso. Yep. So it's like, it's like, oh, he's got a torso injury. Great. That's like, it could be anything. Thank you so
1: much. Upper body, lower body. Michael Felder's with us at in the bleachers. He's a stadium college football expert. Um, should we be weaning anything from these bowl game results? Let's start with last night. Oregon sucks. Oklahoma is back, and they're
2: fine. I I honestly, I mean, two teams with, with no coaches in that football game, right? <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so ev- their whole world's about to get tipped upside down once they um, get back to and have a new coach and a new system and a new way of doing things and new protocols in the building and everything, but – they went out with a bang, and Oregon obviously didn't um, – in Oklahoma, excuse me, went, went out with a bang, and we'll see what happens next. It's one of those things where I, I just – I don't think, and I think especially currently, it used to be like – and I'm not used to be guy, but 5, 10, 15 years ago, it did mean that this is a jump start on your season, right? And it did mean that this team – played hard or finished strong. What's the Rashid Wallace quote um, when he was just Pistons or the Blazers? I think Pistons, and he was like, both both teams played hard. Both teams played hard. And I think at the end of the day, now it's just a matter of you get what you get and you don't get upset, and it's not a knock on any of it. I think some of these ballgames told the story of who teams are. Uh, Clemson and uh, Iowa State, for instance, two teams that started out in the top ten preseason and then – neither had the season they wanted but one team was able to finish with a dub and that's Clemson and Iowa State was the team we saw them be right they they start slow and if they can't solve the riddle of the defense they're going to have some problems so I'm very curious to see if Clemson can continue to be a confusing and you know attacking defense because they were able to do that against uh, uh Iowa State even without Venables so this will be an interesting thing but I mean we also saw Maryland just I mean put the screws to Virginia Tech. <laughs>
1: yep, yep. On the drawing conclusions thing, uh, I'm enjoying it, and everyone else is, but I'll admit it's kind of absurd that the SEC comes into today at 0-4. Um, am I being a little crazy? I didn't think the SEC below the top teams was that strong anyway. Should I draw some conclusions from the bad start to the SEC and say, hey, you know what, the conference isn't that good. I don't trust Alabama and Georgia in these games coming up
2: i i trust alabama i don't trust georgia but that's because i don't trust or believe in kirby smart or munkin um i think the big key for me uh, as far as the sec goes here's what's going to happen and we all know this and this is the reality everyone in the sec is going to say they didn't even want to be in this bowl game, right
1: of course every year when they lose yes
2: yeah so they didn't even want to be here they thought they should have been in a better bowl game they didn't want to play yada 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 but I think at the end of the day, what it boils down to is the gap's not as big as everyone keeps trying to tell us it is, right. and and the other part of it is, Cofield. The other part of it is that, yeah, we get it. You you guys, everyone in the entire SEC has top twenty recruiting classes or top twenty five recruiting classes. Fantastic, great, that's awesome. But what you're if 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 you can get those type of recruiting classes, but then still lose the teams that are in the 50s and the 60s then you're not serving your players and this is something one of my guys daniel palmer mentioned you're underserving your players mm. and i think about this a lot because i what I, i've been trying to do a lot of not introspection but some retrospection right where there's an entire decade where sec quarterbacks they just suck, they just were bad yep, right yeah and nobody said anything about it but they were talented guys who just weren't good and just weren't getting to the NFL, just weren't good. And all they kept telling us was, but our defense is so good. That's why they can't do it. And it's like, <laughs> no, man, yeah, you guys just, you sucked on offense. And so I think that's kind of the world that we're living in now. And it, it's, it really does stink to see kids get underserved simply for a brand but we, we've got a lot of great recruiters, and everybody will tell you about how great the recruiters are in the SEC, but I need some player developers because I need guys to, to have a future beyond helping this coach get his next contract.
1: Sit tight, Mike. Michael Felder, stadium college football expert, on the way back here on Cofield and Company. We'll get Felder's breakdown of tomorrow's Final Four with Georgia-Michigan and Alabama-Cincy on tap.
0: At the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. Sign up for the mobile betting app and get $50 added to your account. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company.
1: Rolling on here on Cofield Company at Silver Sevens as we're checking out a day of bowl games. Las Vegas Bowl is up tonight at 7.30 over at the Al. Michael Felder is with us right now. We'll get into that game in just a couple minutes, but let's talk about the Final Four, Alabama-Cincinnati and Georgia going against Michigan. You have your podcast, Tape Don't Lie, and I know you and Palmer went over some of the biggest stories from a scheme standpoint in that Final Four.
2: Yeah, I think Cincinnati's man defense is going to be really intriguing against Alabama. We saw Auburn really take Alabama to the brink by playing a lot of man coverage the question is can Cincinnati get pressure with their front four and obviously uh, Curtis Brooks and myJ Sanders are going to be really interesting in that in that situation so I think that's the thing to watch in that game from a Cincinnati perspective if they can win that battle then they have a chance but then you flip it over the question becomes how does Cincinnati score and I don't know I don't I don't know truly I don't know how Cincinnati scores in this football game if that's the same question I had when Alabama played Michigan state. I had a hopefulness and some positives for what Michigan state could do on defense to Alabama. But when you can't score as we saw with, and we'll transition to the next thing, as we saw with Michigan against Iowa, Iowa had some bright spots in that football game early and then they couldn't score. And then Michigan was like, I guess we're just going to put up a bunch of points now because you guys can't do anything. And to go to the Georgia Michigan game, it becomes, like, realistically, uh, Kofu, if you got to pick the five best players in the Georgia-Michigan game, who are they? Fire away. I want to hear it. I, I, I think the five best players are probably Nicobe Dean, Nolan Smith, Aiden Hutchinson, um, David Ajabo, I think Daxton Hill. I think that's five right there. And that's that's but that's only the five based on what we've seen this year. I right. think the reality of it is the five best players are probably George Pickens, Andrew Anthony, Darnell Washington. And then you can throw Hassan Haskins in there. Hassan Haskins was on the fringe of the top five in the original list. But you throw Hassan Haskins in there and then and the Kobe Dean. And this, the scariest part is Andrew Anthony. Will not get the football in this game. George Pickens will not get the football in this game. Darnell Washington won't get the football in this game. Amazing. So it's like playing with you know one hand tied behind your back because these coaches just are like, yeah, they're good, but whether it's something they've done in practice or they've made somebody mad, our most dangerous players doesn't matter. We're not going to get them the football. And so when you play football that way, I think it makes a it speaks to how do you win and this is a game of both teams want to win this game 20 to seventeen 17 to 14 and it's it's gonna be rough I think we're gonna see a rough game unless one team breaks format
1: what happens uh and the game's coming up in just a little bit Pitt Michigan State Michigan State's a three point favorite what do you think
2: hey, we got no Kenny Pickett we got no uh Kenneth uh Washington either so who knows? (laughs) Like, seriously, who knows? Who knows? We get a backup from Pitt. Uh, I think that Michigan State's in a better position because they have, they're still going to have some wide receivers that can play. They're still going to be explosive. Um, And Pitt doesn't have the defense that they want, but the reality of it is, is this is a game where this is one of the rare games where you get kind of a glimpse into the future. And I think that's a kind of a cool thing to look at. We'll see a little bit what next week looks like or next year looks like. Uh, But, I just I have no idea. Like, if you're a betting person, just you know what? Push yourself. Push your seat back from the table on this. <laughs> one.
1: Well, on December fifth, I bet Michigan State uh, plus the <laughs> points, so um, I can't push away now. So, um, the game the <laughs> game tonight, Las Vegas Bowl here in town. Wisconsin, Arizona State. Wisconsin's playing a big number seven. I I kind of don't trust Arizona State to be. To be frank with you, what do you think's going to happen?
2: The, again, the same. Thing. <laughs>
1: It is hard breaking these games down because from a motivation standpoint, you're trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And who's playing standpoint. And that's the other thing.
2: Like, Arizona State's their best running back just opted out, right? So we get that. And then we're going to see – I assume we're going to see Graham Mertz. But Graham Mertz is a guy that threw – he threw five interceptions in one game and then he threw four touchdown passes in another game. Which one of him is going to show up? I think that Wisconsin being steady is important. I also think that Arizona State and the off-the-field stuff – Yep. Is that is weighing on them because they have to deal with all of these. They're not national questions, but they are questions that happen to them locally. And it's an investigation that's still ongoing and they have to deal with it. And I think that 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 does weigh on them. I mean, this is a team that signed, what, seven kids on signing day. So I would lean towards Wisconsin because at least they know that Paul Crist will be there next year. They know that Paul Crist is going to continue to be the same guy that he's always been, and they don't have to worry about their L.A. pipeline drying up or the the, the recruiting changing drastically from when they first got there. So I would lean towards Wisconsin.
1: Very important factor to close on. I skipped by it, but um, one of the other reasons I am rooting for Cincinnati to take down mm-hmm. Alabama, I saw the headline in the Alabama paper, Skyline Chili fuels he football, divides foodies, and once caused a tummy ache. Uh, I'm very pro Skyline Chili. I will fight to the death on this thing. Uh, you're a foodie. You respect yes. food. Skyline Chili.
2: Never had it. Don't think I ever have to have it. Um, <laughs> doesn't sound like it would be my cup of tea. Yeah. but. If you enjoy it, enjoy it. Like that the biggest thing for me for and I know we're closing out the year, but the biggest thing for me in 20 uh what is it? 2021, 20 yeah. has <laughs> been trying to knock not yuck other people's yums. Yep. And if you like it, have at it. And it's okay for me to say something's not for me and if it was presented, I'd try it. It just does not seem, from a flavor combination, especially as someone who works in flavor combinations, pretty much on the reg, doesn't seem like a thing I'd ever put together or want to put together. But hey, I can't knock it because I haven't tried it.
1: I uh, I would describe it as upscale chef Boyardee Franco American, <laughs> which I but, but I but I love that as a kid, and I might even eat it now as an adult. I may may throw some extra spices in there, but uh, I I like Cincinnati chili. But you know what are you gonna nice. do? Like like you I, said, don't yuck up someone else's yum. I like that line. I'm gonna use that now. I'm stealing it.
2: I did I did I dig it. Like that's cool. Like I am I'm also someone who when I moved in with, when my wife and I moved in together when we were still dating, I went out and bought because I liked stuff from childhood too. I went out and bought a bunch of little hugs. You know what those are? No, what are they? They're these little juices. Um, they come in like a <laughs> barrel. With the foil, you know what i talking about? yeah, foil yeah, tub. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, of course. I said, hey, I said, I'm living by myself. I'm buying these. I got some money. I'm buying these juices. Ooh, and nice. then I bought them, and then they made me sick. <laughs> so I'm just saying your childhood may not be always worked up <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> all
1: right, well, have a good New Year's. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next year.
2: Sounds good, man. Looking forward to it. Y'all take it easy.
1: There he is, Michael Felder from Stadium. You can hear him on Learfield college sports podcast and make sure you watch the rest of tonight and tomorrow for the lead up to the final four in the college football playoff giveaway time three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero caller 11 talk to Ari right now 364 three six four eleven hundred you get two tickets to the golden knights taking on nashville on the fourth three six 364 four eleven hundred is your chance to win two tickets for a golden knights game if you don't win you can take advantage of the special up at LVSportsNetwork.com. That's the Flight Deck 160, a ticket, all you can eat and all you can drink. You can buy the tickets at LVSportsNetwork.com. Promo code.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Another quick tic tac toe passing play in tight. Shot deflection, score! White cloud from the blue line,
0: redirected in by Matthias Yanmark in front, and the chaos at Crypto continues, it's 5-1 Vegas. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. We'll get some uh, major
1: news on the injury front, Uh uh-oh, with the Golden Knights in just a couple minutes. Brian Blessing is going to join us here in about a minute i got to read you this one. I saw this earlier in the day, and I figured, hey, it was just a troll job, so why pay attention to it? But obviously, some were paying attention. Uh, One of the uh, college football writers at CBS said, my God, we've reached the point where we're hyping a condiment being poured on an adult male. Uh, That passing is programming. That was Shane Beamer after the uh, Mayo Bowl having mayonnaise poured on him. Uh, He says, this writer says, when we have a discussion about bowl relevance, it starts, or I'll start right here, which I guess he's one of the many guys who doesn't like the bowl games, especially the lower bowl games, which I don't really get if you cover college football and you actually talk to players. Maybe you'd have some perspective. I don't know. Uh, there was a retweet of that. What's it like being so miserable all the time for a sport you cover, praying for you? Oh, this is Shane Beamer, the coach of Virginia Tech, going at the CBS writer. I still remember back in July at SEC Media Days when you said the ceiling for our team was two wins. Keep bringing in that expert Quote, analysis. Fun times. That's why we need bowl games. We get trash talk between a coach who's basically ready to say, up yours to a writer. Brian Blessings with us. Hey, Brian, fun, right? Fun. When's the miracle whip bowl? Uh, let's do it, right? Let's do a cool whip bowl. Um, well, actually, I think we're going to throw out a list later on. I am all for some sort of hot sauce. Uh, oh, yeah. you can just You can just pour a bucket of hot sauce on a coach and just make sure you wear the goggles.
3: Well, I mean – Yeah, don't go to extremes. We don't need the battery acid bowl. I know. That's for the loser, actually. The battery (laughs) acid bowl. The loser gets that. The winner winner avoids it. I have always said this, you know, uh, people that aren't into figure skating. I've always said in the Olympics for figure skating, if they put big, jagged blades sticking out of the ice, I mean, the the penalty for falling would be so severe, but it would promote the greatest figure skating ever. Goring of skaters. You're a sicko. You're a complete sicko. Um,
1: all right, we got news in, and again, you know, kind of comes from out of nowhere, or, or maybe you knew about this. Did you know that Patches no. was in trouble? Patch already now wrist surgery. How long is he out this time?
3: Uh, who knows with the wrist surgery? Uh, Sidney Crosby had a wrist surgery. It was three uh, weeks. Uh, white Cloud. There's, you know, the problem is Steve. You don't know what, what was the surgery. Did he break right. a bone? Is it ligaments, tendons? Then maybe it's a lot more of a complicated thing. Um, but the, the big thing I'd love to know is what wrist is it because this guy's game is his wrist shot. So you sure as hell hope it's not his left wrist where he puts all that torque on it to shoot the puck.
1: And I know I was ripping on Patches for you know, getting injured again. It's just frustrating for fans that he's down. Mark Stone is down. We don't know if this one's a long-term injury. You know, is there a chance Eichel comes back and he's looking around and he's like, wait, where's Patch and where's Stone?
3: Can you imagine? Right. Eichel gets here and he has to play 27 minutes a night. All right.
1: So what do you think? I What's mean,
3: the deal with Stone? Is it just something nagging? Should it be shut I, down for a while? Is this minor? The weird thing is the last time we saw him, he got hit and he had a crawl to the bench. And then he came back out, scored a goal, and then vaporized. And, you know, was it something new? Is it a nagging thing? Some people have said it's a back injury and that, you know, how nagging those can be. I mean, none of us know what it is. But it, it, the fear is it's something that keeps rearing its ugly head with, with him. And, you know, I, how long you, you got to sit him till he's okay? You know, what exactly is the injury? The NHL so cryptic, they're not going to tell you anything anyway. My God, this morning, Steve Spott's doing a press conference on game day. He's asked about Pat He goes, he's day-to-day. He's probably on the table as he's saying it. I'm going... That guy's got to be the greatest surgeon in in the world.
1: (laughs) Uh, All right. In the end, you don't want guys hurt. But the fact that they've had to go so deep, you got the taxi squad coming into effect here. Is this, I'm not going to say a blessing in disguise, but will it work out long-term for the Golden Knights because they're getting to play so many guys?
3: Oh, yes, in terms of the minutes these other kids are getting and they know that they can step in and be effective. And they've got guys like Ronberg and... Cotter and Lasician that fit the profile. They make less than a million. You can plug and play them, and they've gotten minutes and played well. So, yeah, from the adversity they went through, the injuries they went through, I do think they do reap some rewards. The other thing, Steve, it kind of answers a question that we've had because we really not had any chance to see it. Cody Glass didn't work out. uh, But really the only guy that the Golden Knights have developed in their system was Nick Haig. And the other big assets guys were moved out of here. And you're like, well, the jury's out. We'll see. You know, how are they from a development perspective, getting players ready to play? And because of all the injuries, I think they've answered the question that they've got guys ready to go. And the other thing is, a guy like Lasician, who was drafted in the second round of their first draft ever, you know, we go nuts about get these guys on the ice as fast as humanly possible. But hockey players are drafted when they're 17, 18 years old. So... These guys are still babies. Some of them just take longer to develop. That's all.
1: Brian Blessing. You can hear him on K Shop. He's on nationally on SiriusXM on Channel 159 on Sports Grid Radio. Uh, I want to bet hockey the next, you know, three, four days. Do I just fire on over? It's like, what the hell happened
3: coming out of the gates here? Yeah, because the first night, three games, 33 goals. Arizona, who can't shoot it in the ocean, played in an 8-7 game. (laughs) It's, you know, unbelievable. And, And the funny thing is, we had talked about maybe that might be what would happen and literally every game but one went over the total last night. There's so much open ice, other than the McNabb hit on Kalev the other day when he split the guy in two. It's about the only hit in the game. These guys are coming off the holiday break. They're getting their legs. A lot of these teams too, Steve, it's not like just the Christmas break. Some of these teams have been off since the second week of December. Yeah. And I think if you don't have your legs and fatigue sets in, it probably sets in on the defensemen. The offensive guys know where they're going. And the other thing, I think the goalies, they're shaking off some rust, too. So, yeah, it would seem to be, you know, overs are the way to go. And, oh, by the way, you know, it's not rocket science. You'll be betting the Golden Knights game's over. They're 11-4 and to the over in their last last 15. I got a question for Commissioner Brian Blessing. Um, Um,
1: How do we get the season going for real if no one can go
3: into Canada? What are they going to do? Oh, good God. No, that's it, man. That's you know, that's that's Bruce Willis on on the Rock with Ben Affleck. <laughs> that, I mean, that's. I mean, what do they do? Awesome. They're gonna they're gonna have all the Canadian teams play in know. the United States. I mean, what the hell's they can't? They, well, it's too late. You can't do a Canadian division in the middle of the season. It's even worse than that. I mean, it, okay, yeah. The Armageddon scenario is they mess with the border. All right, so you you plop a whole bunch of them down here. I guess a disaster scenario if that if this doesn't happen. I, I think the way with the testing and the way they're going in the 10 days down to five, they're doing everything they can to get through this. But if, it's all well and good. But if the Canadian government, provincially, you can't have any fans in Quebec. You can only have 50% fans in Ontario. If they shut that border down, I don't know. I mean, do they sit there and go, okay, everybody's got the points they got. We're going back to the goofball division stuff from last year, and the Canadian division comes back. I mean, that's the disaster scenario. I Who the heck knows? The other thing that's going to happen, Steve, They were on the track economically with fans to start to recoup all the damage of the last couple of years. Now you've got these Canadian teams where, at best, it's 50% capacity. They're doing a shadow schedule and revamping uh, the schedule because of the Olympics not happening. You watch what they do. Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto. These teams are going to go on seven, eight, ten-game road trips and they're going to backload all their home games hoping this thing winds down and they can get the fans in the stands on the back end. My this God. is going to be its going to be a dumpster fire. Yep.
1: Well, speaking of dumpster fires, this change in the NFL with the 10-day to 5-day thing following what the CDC said, um, I think it affects the integrity of what's going on down the stretch here. Some teams got really screwed the last couple weeks with absences, and the Colts were on the verge of being screwed. Maybe not now. Maybe Carson Wentz is back. If he's back, let's just say he's back. Raiders getting... Right now it's six and a half. He's back. It's seven, seven and a half. What do we do in this game?
3: That's a lot of points. And in the rate, Steve, I know I've said it on your show. I say it on mine all the time. I just want to, I want to, you know, send out a congratulatory compliment to the Raiders. It only took them 16 weeks to realize the NFL rules do allow you to run the football. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, line up and run the ball. And it took cars bad pass before halftime for them to do it. That would be a really smart way to go in this game, shorten this game, hang around, and be there with a chance at the end. And by the way, Indy, that was a great win for them last week. Quentin Nelson was out. They have seven Pro Bowl guys. Three or four of them were out last week. They lost two more offensive linemen during that game. They still found a way to beat Arizona. This is an Indy team. I'm telling you, you can win the whole doggone thing, Steve, but they got to get in first. That's the way this season is. Buffalo Bills, where are they right now? Where are you right now with the Bills? Are they getting right yeah. uh,
1: you know, at the right time? Are they starting to peak? I, I, I already bet Atlanta getting the 14-and-a-half because I oh, feel why? like – Well, because I feel like
3: <laughs> no, in these situations when,
0: hey,
1: we got to win, they're in the driver's seat, teams freaking lose focus, and I'm not saying they're going to lose the game, but I don't know that the Bills are just going to go you know slam, bam, jam down the stretch here.
3: They should. Well, the, well, the best thing in your favor – because I could see this, say the Bills are up big, get put Trubisky in. You know, you've got the luxury of you're a 14.5-point favorite in this game. The advance line is 17.5 for the game of the Jets. Okay, they can actually, if you get a lead, rest some guys, and then the backdoor cover could be in play. It is an out-of-conference game. You could say, yes, it's a letdown for both the Bills and the Patriots off the big game last week. Josh Allen's numbers are unbelievable against NFC teams. So I, I think the over is a way to go. It's going to be 30 – I'm sorry, 19-mile-an-hour wins uh, with flurries. So I, I think they're the, – the total last week was ridiculous for a Bills game You know in the 43. And you're bringing this one in at 43-44. Ryan and Patterson can get a couple of scores – uh, maybe the gauge kid, you know, a lead scorer. I think even in spite of the weather, I could see points in that game.
1: So listen to Brian's show on, on K-Shop or on SiriusXM. I was listening today, and I got to tell you, you expressing outrage over a Pro Bowl snub I thought was really
3: weird, man. Josh Allen is now motivated because he got snubbed? Well, I, my preface was I could care less. I okay. mean, the Pro Bowl's a joke, but – you know, you know professional teams and locker rooms and All right. bulletin board material. You know how these guys operate. It's us against the world. And Josh Allen's making a quarter of a billion dollars. He ain't losing sleep about not going to the Pro Bowl. But they're going to sit there the week of the biggest game of the year and Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson make the Pro Bowl over him? I'm like, I wanted to send a bouquet of flowers to everybody who voted because the timing for that couldn't have been better. And look at the way he played against Tampa and the way he played against the Patriots. I mean, he's been good. You know, he's been I, good. He, listen, he finally pulled. He pulled, uh, to... He pulled even
1: with Herbert from a number standpoint. Just about even.
3: Yeah, I know voting and all that stuff. And the all, they're all star games. They're, they, they, you know, they do next to nothing for me. I'm just saying it's, you know, you know, pro athletes. It's a genuine lack of respect. You know, wait a minute. The, the guy is still 12-1 to 1 or whatever in the MVP vote. He's not winning the MVP, but, you know, how much of a popularity contest or whatever it is and the rhyme and the reasoning behind voting and these things. Like I said, I could care less about the game, but I just know how athletes are. And I'll I tell you, I know who's motivated. Josh Allen probably could care less. The guys that keep getting snubbed are Poyer and Hyde, their safeties. That is as good a safety combination as there is in the NFL. And every year they go... Boy, these guys can't make the Pro Bowl. Those guys were fired up for the Patriots game, and they had a stone in their shoe.
1: Last one on motivation, and, and you're right. You know, pro athletes look for anything. Coaches look for anything. Um, I saw that Damian Woody was talking today about quarterbacking in the NFL and the AFC, and he said he'd rather have Joe Burrow the next five years over Pat Mahomes. Wait until that gets to the fiancé and the brother with <laughs> with Pat Mahomes. That, that game is interesting, though, man. I, I'm not – listen, I have a lot of faith in the Chiefs. I'm not sure I'm running to the window – to freaking drop big dollars on the Chiefs, laying five
3: on the road at Cincy, and a team feeling their oats at the moment. Yep. I mean, big time. Now this is the deep end of the pool. This is—is is Cincy happy to be here? And boy, we're overachieving, or we are a factor in this thing. The other thing is the Chiefs have been much better of late. But the last few years, they win a boatload of games, Steve. But they're not the greatest team covering the number either. Uh, the weather, again, it's going to be, you know, cold there. I think the wind is less than what it's going to be in Buffalo. The way Burroughs was slinging it around last week, uh, 50 and a half actually looks a little low to me. Are you playing
1: either one of the games in the final four for college football? Uh,
3: yeah, I would probably take Michigan plus the hook. Uh, I. I just I look at Georgia's schedule, and it was a very favorable schedule in the SEC. And then they went against Alabama and lost. Now, there's no great shame in losing to Alabama. But I, I just wonder if they've not been like overrated from day one. I mean, they beat Clemson without scoring an offensive touchdown in the opener. Like, hey, look at them. They beat Clemson. That's the problem with preseason polls. They were atop the list the whole way, and they didn't play the toughest schedule. Right. I think Michigan, the season's a success. Harbaugh's got the monkey off his back. He beat Ohio State. I think they come in, you know, loose as a goose. And it, I mean, it's house money for Michigan. I assume I'm going to see you out and about tomorrow
1: night, New Year's Eve, somewhere around Las Vegas. I'll be out. You'll be out, right? We'll meet up. Let's oh, do
3: it. yeah. I got my kazoo and my little hat. Good. And, good. Let's do it. And I've already started. I've already started boarding the windows. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I heard you
1: and Stevie. Come on, you, you guys sound like you're sixty going on 114, both of you. Let's get out and have some fun, oh, fellas.
3: We're broken down, man. I, I
1: I know. I heard the whole thing. I'm like, I thought I did the uh, the the old guy self deprecation. You're Brian. You're you fine. Relax, buddy. Oh. You can have a lot of fun in a recliner. Yes. <laughs> there
3: you go. There you go. All right, Brian. Well, have a good New Year's. I'll talk to you in. 2022, I'll talk to you next year. We appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Steve, it's always fun. Happy New Year to you and Ari and everybody out there. And
1: remember, tomorrow, Brian is going to be, I think I'm correct on this one. We dropped him, but uh, over at the Westgate. So check out Brian at the Westgate. All right. Uh, Four o'clock hours on the way. Adam Hill is going to join in in a couple of minutes. We'll get the updates on the uh, Raiders injuries and the COVID list. And, man, oh, man, we need some winning picks tonight uh, for that Las Vegas Bowl. So Brad Power is
0: going to join us in about 45 minutes. Daily happy hour starts at 3 with beers, well drinks, and margaritas just two seventy seven. 77